JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast. Couple minutes after eight o'clock. Well, I was um, I was encouraged to invite the commissioner of the um, uh, of the Commission on Human Rights, the New York City Commission on Human Rights, to our broadcast. I was encouraged to do so before Pesach, and I thought that this was actually a really good point. As we uh, get closer and closer to the holiday of freedom, uh, sometimes it's important to remember the incredible religious freedom and human rights protection that we have in this country, in this state, in this city, really all over the U.S., thank God. And it's something we shouldn't take lightly as we get closer to the holiday of freedom. So uh, our good friend Jonathan Greenspun, who many, many, many of you remember uh, from the days of the Bloomberg administration when he was commissioner of the Mayor's Community Affairs Unit, uh, he is now, as of 2014, an appointee by the uh, mayor of the city of New York, Mayor de Blasio, uh, to serve on the uh, on to serve as a commissioner on the New York City Human Rights Commission, and he made this recommendation, and um, and we greatly appreciate it. And he recommended that we bring on this program, and I'm honored to do so, uh, the chairperson and commissioner of the New York City Commission on Human Rights uh, since November of 2014, and that's uh, Carmelin Malalis. Uh, appointed back in November of uh, 2014, following more than a decade in private practice as an advocate for employees' rights in the workplace. Um, she has served on uh, an incredible array of human rights platforms uh, in New York City and beyond, and um, uh, joins us live via telephone with Jonathan as well. Uh, Commissioner uh, Carmelin Malalis, welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks for having me on today, Nakam. What a pleasure to meet you in this forum. And Jonathan Greenspun, nice to have you back, sir. It's great to be back, Nakam. Thank you so much for having us. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, uh, Commissioner um, uh, Malalas, there are people listening right now who did not even realize that there is a New York City Commission on Human Rights, and there are people who are literally watching and safeguarding and, and acting as a clearinghouse for, I would assume, complaints and observations that people in the city have when it comes to human rights of all kinds. And I think it's a pretty important message, especially this time of year. Uh, tell us about how active the commission is and what role it's playing in New York City these days. Right. Well, that's exactly right, Nakam. And, um, you know, that's why I'm, I'm always grateful for these types of opportunities to let folks know that there is, in fact, an agency in New York City that is specifically charged with looking out for them and making sure they're not being harassed or discriminated against, whether it's at their workplace or in their housing area or by places of public accommodation or even, you know, while they're just walking on the street. So the City Commission on Human Rights has that exact charge. And in the last two years that I've been there, we have been using our charge to very aggressively prosecute acts of, of discrimination and harassment across the city. Uh, you know, as you said, New York City is really lucky. We have the strongest anti-discrimination laws in the country. There's over 22 areas of protection under our city human rights law. Uh, and also explicitly written into our law is that, is that we you really use it, that it become this, uh, this, this basis for which we're able to protect New Yorkers and anyone visiting New York City. And, you know, especially uh, these days, uh, I will tell you, we have really been using it, and I'm happy to say that New Yorkers and people in New York City have been looking out for each other and for themselves. They've been reporting acts of discrimination and violence, 
bias-based violence in the city. So we've seen, you know, a 60% increase just in the last year of these types of reports. And, and, and Commissioner Malalas, you used the word prosecution. I would assume that your commission seriously works with the NYPD and I would guess uh, the attorneys general in the area, etc., uh, to prosecute, to to bring people and to be held accountable when they go ahead and undertake an act of discrimination? Well, certainly the City Commission on Human Rights, we are a civil law enforcement agency, something like the EEOC on the federal level. Right. So there are times that, yes, you know, we will work with NYPD if there's information, let's say, that they receive from the public and they're, um, they're, pro- they're looking into something or investigating something as a hate crime. And that hate crime could also possibly be considered a claim of, let's say, discriminatory harassment under the city human rights law, which is something like a civil form of hate crime. There are times that we will work together or our actions might complement each other where they're looking at, you know, apprehending or identifying the bad actor. And maybe we're working with the person who was victimized. Uh, in that act of discrimination or in that hate crime to see what resources we could provide to that person or to their community. I got you. All right, Jonathan Greenspun's with us as well. Jonathan, tell us about directly uh, how this is uh, helping the Jewish community. We we are somewhat familiar, especially when it comes to workplace situations, we're somewhat familiar uh, with the way things have gone in the past and how important it's been for people to stand up uh, for those who've been discriminated against in the workplace. Uh, how would you describe how the commission works along with the Jewish community to help us out. Uh, thank you, Nathan. Well, you, you know, you mentioned my work with Mayor Bloomberg and prior to that, Governor Pataki. I used to have a file in my filing cabinet that was entitled Religious Discrimination. And in that, in that file were um, numerous, dozens and dozens of complaints that I had received personally uh, from Jewish New Yorkers who had told me that they were not getting proper religious accommodation in the workplace, whether it was, um, and I think all of us who observe um, all of the uh, Jewish holidays can identify with this. Yeah, that's uh, what I know, figured would be primary among them, right? Yeah, it's not, it's not uncommon for, for many of us who observe all the holidays, which often fall out on work days, uh, to hear comments that go something like this. Oh, I didn't know about that holiday. Right. I never heard about that holiday. Or... Or in some cases, and, and I have to say this happened uh, frequently, where many of their supervisors are even Jewish, and they choose not to observe those holidays. They say, well, I don't observe those holidays, so why do you have to observe those holidays? Right. And, you know, many, much of this discrimination, some of it was in the private sector, but a lot of it was in the public sector. I remember one case in particular with a particular hospital as part of the New York City Health and Hospitals Corporation, where there was a nurse who was uh, uh, not, not a nurse, because I think that there's an exception to that, but there was a, a, a civilian employee who was having an issue with, um, with um, getting accommodation for uh, Jewish holidays. And I, I think this happens you know, probably more often than people realize. But what's important to know, and the reason why I suggest that we have Commissioner Malalas on the phone this morning is, is that people need to know that they have recourse, that they have right. a place to go where they are feeling discriminated, that they can make a complaint. And I'm sure the commissioner can sort of walk your audience through the process on how, how that's done. But oh, that's a good – yeah, listening I'm, audience to know there's a there's a place where people can go. Yeah, that's a good um, that's a, feel harassed. That's a good point, and I'm glad you brought that up, C- uh, Commissioner Malalas. W- what is the process? What's the first phone call that people need to make when they feel they're 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 the target of discrimination? Sure. So if people think that they are being discriminated against, or they're they're witnessing something going on in their workplace, and they're thinking to themselves, you know what, this isn't right. I uh, someone is not being treated right because of their religion or because of their national origin or any number of, of categories, 
they should please call 311. They can ask for human rights. They'll be connected with our agency. They could also call us directly at 718-722-3131, and that way they'll reach us directly at the agency. Uh, in the last few months, we've, you know, because of the uptick that I mentioned earlier, uh, we've increased the number of people that we have on our info line uh, telephone system to take in these types of calls. The, the person taking in their information will take in some basic information, determine if it is, in fact, the type of, uh, you know, situation that should go to the Commission on Human Rights. And if it's determined that that is the case, they will then put them through. Uh, they'll make an appointment for them to speak uh, directly with an agency attorney, where the agency attorney then could um, set up an appointment with them, meet with them, go over the facts of their situation. And during that, you know, during that appointment, something I really want to mention that's, I think, very important is that, you know, the person has a choice as to whether or not they want to go ahead with a claim or not. They also have a choice as to whether or not they want to go ahead with the claim anonymously. Because, you know, there are so many reasons, Nakam, that we realize that people, they have other things going on in their lives. And, and for some people, they don't want to put their names out there. They're worried about how that will affect them in various ways. And we understand that. So there's times that people do put their names uh, out there, and there's times that people say, you know what, I want to give you the information so the city commission can address this on behalf of the city, but I really don't want to put my name out there. And then, of course, the, the agency attorneys will investigate the situation. That could include talking to other witnesses. Uh, that could include also interviewing other people, including the bad actor or the bad entity. And then that investigation continues uh, 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 to a point where, you know, the law enforcement bureau makes a determination as to whether or not they think there was actually uh, discrimination that took place, if there was probable cause to determine that something did happen. Um, I'll tell you, just just the fact that there's a system in place, we should be thankful for that. It's amazing. Yes, I mean, and, you know, something I would add to what Jonathan was saying, there are certainly a good number of cases we get that are situated in the workplace, and I think he is right. Religious discrimination cases are pretty significant. When I was in private practice, I saw them all the time. People, employers, unfortunately, just do not understand that under city law, they must provide reasonable accommodations based on people's religion. Right. That could include schedule changes. That could include ending your workday a little earlier. That could include making sure that you're able to get to work a little bit later. Right. But also, you know, the, the other area where we've seen um, quite a bit of reporting is in the area of, uh, you know, graffiti like vandalism that also has you know, some sort of hate messaging, so swastikas, right? Sure. And, you know, just recently, uh, you know, the commission's bias response team responded to a call of anti-Semitic graffiti, you know, swastikas basically, uh, in the subway in Manhattan, and we called the local community board, elected officials, and the NYPD, and we worked with them, and the graffiti was removed within hours. Well, I mean, it, it, it certainly works. It's a system that works, and one we need to be thankful for. Jonathan, anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, no, come I just thank you so much for this opportunity. I, I would also just say that discrimination, there's a number of different protected classes, and I was thinking in particular because you do so much great work on this with uh, those in our community with developmental dis disabilities. Right. Many of them are in the workplace, and again, these are a very, very vulnerable population. So I would just think that for your listening audience to think about there are a number of different protected classes here, and if anyone is really feeling discriminated, harassed, uh, made to feel uncomfortable, in this case, because of their religion, 
that please don't keep it to yourself. There is a system in place where these uh, complaints can be followed up on. And in many, many cases, it can be um, legal recourse. So I really thank you uh, for giving us the opportunity uh, and continued service to our community for uh, helping us get the word out about the New York City Commission for Human Rights. I appreciate that. Commissioner Greenspun, I thank you. Commissioner Malalas, thank you so much for joining us today. Wishing you a wonderful Passover. And I uh, I really, I, I, I thank you for joining us to remind everybody all of us, and we do need constant reminders of the incredible freedom and rights that we enjoy here in this area. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank, Thank you. Awesome. More coming up. It is a Thursday morning broadcast at JM in the AM.